0: My goodness. I was waiting for the knock. Or the jingle bells or whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, man, I I guess I'm just far removed these days, huh? (laughs) Are you? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I'm just so focused on all this winter solstice stuff. Right now, I just ate two, okay, three, I'm going to be honest. Them little um, Hershey's kisses. Oh. And they got the ones that got cherry in the middle, so it's like eating a chocolate covered cherry, but it's oh, little, I and it ain't know. got a cherry; it's just got cherry flavor. Oh. I swear to goodness, I could eat my weight in those; they are so <laughs> good. So I ate three of them, and I got to stop now. I just got to stop.
0: I had, I had some um, fruit cake, and oh, yummy, yummy. It was so sweet that it'll just make your teeth hurt, but it was really good. <laughs> I oh, love my a good
1: fruit cake. Oh.
0: Have you ever made fruit cake?
1: I have. I make a a cake every year called a Twelfth Night cake. Oh, it's basically a glorified fruit cake.
0: Nice. nice, but That's I can't nice. find
1: any. I can't find any candy fruit this year.
0: Candy, what
1: fruit? Like you put in a fruit cake, candied fruit?
0: Well, I wonder why there's no candied fruit.
1: That's bizarre. Nobody makes fruit cake anymore. really? Really? I've done uh, Ingalls, Savmore, and the Teeter. Hmm. Um, and I imagine if I wanted to, I could go out and get it at the Walmart. They probably haven't.
0: Not but literally.
1: i'm on I'm gonna try doing that same cake. This is my cousin's recipe. I'm trying to try to do that same cake with uh, dried fruit instead of candy. So I think think it'll be even better, actually. Yeah,
0: it probably would be. Well, I admire you because you are constantly kind of baking something, trying something new. You Mm -hmm. have done well. Um, Well,
1: and what Alicia knows that y'all don't know is that right now, while you can't see us, I am making more applesauce. So, periodically, you're going to hear my voice. I'm, like, I'm very far away because I'm gone. I'll leave the stove to stir the apples off.
0: Uh, so and then after
1: that, I'm going to make a prune cake, my mother's prune cake.
0: Oh, I love those. I do. It's been mm. years, and I do mean years since, since I've tasted one of those. And then close kin to that was the plum cake. We've talked about it before, where they would use plum baby food. Yes. And that
1: sounds so yummy, but I've never made one.
0: It's it's real similar to the cake, the plum cake. But this was or the prune cake, excuse me. <clears throat> it's real similar to it. And it's just well, dense and heavy and moist.
1: Yeah, and the, the prune cake is made with oil instead of butter. Mm. And it is just very, very dense. I will probably make it this year with uh, English walnuts instead of black walnuts, just mm. because yep. I've got a bunch of English walnuts and I need to use them up. So
0: <laughs> I put a couple
1: of English walnuts in there.
0: It'll be yummy. Yeah, it sounds like it.
1: All I right, got so- cook up the prunes. Once the applesauce is done, I'll cook the prunes. <laughs>
0: Man, see, that's the thing. I really admire it because you take the time and you make it yourself and. Not only does homemade food usually taste better, usually, uh, but you know, it's a real gift at that point if you give it to somebody or have it sitting sitting there waiting for somebody to come in and eat it. Yeah, um, I well, well I
1: got my eyeballs now on because I spent last Saturday and Sunday um, making jam. And we had uh, put that fruit by when it was fresh. We, we have a lot of raspberries. So we had frozen yeah. gallons of raspberries. And then I had some blackberries. And then I had a little bit of red currants and red raspberries and mulberries. Mm. And so I made wow. black raspberry jam and I made blackberry jam. And then I made like mixed fruit jam, just a little bit of that. Mm. And I pulled out a bag of grapes, not from this past year, but I think from the year before. And they still were good. They weren't freezer burned. And I made grape conserve, which is something that we Mm. like. um, Grapes and uh, nuts and orange peel and oranges. It's really good with meat, with turkey and chicken and stuff. So I made a little bit of that. that. And a lot of that's going to go out to the neighbors because... You know, we love an awful lot of our neighbors. We don't love all of them, let me be clear. But we do love an awful lot of them. And they seem to like just getting a
0: little bitty something this time of year. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather, I, you know, people know then that's something you put your work into and your attention on. But anyway, I may be that aunt this year. I'm not swearing, but. What do you mean? Tell me well i think that i shouldn't i don't know this is going to sound awful but both of my nephews are in their 20s and they've had enough nintendos and ataris and stuff like that they they pretty much have that figured out what they want and they have their subscriptions and stuff i'm going to get them us savings bonds oh where do you buy those I used to go to the bank and get them. Well, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Now I don't know why I'm doing that, other than I'd like for them to learn to save. Uh huh. I don't know because I, I haven't really asked. I don't know what their habits are with saving, but that's not going to hurt. And if they want to, they can cash them out and get the money for it anytime they want. So, that's yeah. I'm going to be that boring aunt this year because. You know, I'm just I'm not ready to get them an Atari gift card or whatever the hell it is they they get every year. I forget, you know, so I'm, I know you're not supposed to give a gift based on what you want. <laughs> but but I think I, I don't know why. I just think that that would be that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah. nice get a sweater or something. Yeah,
1: I've just I've got so many people that I I um I do for. I'm not gonna say I buy for everybody, mm-hmm. but I you know I like to remember people this time
0: of year. I do too. I do too. It's not always the easiest time of year, is it?
1: No, and there are so many people right now. Well, there's just so many people right now that are hurting so much.
0: It's just yeah, hurting. I, I agree with you. That's just kind of sad part about it and then you as a pagan and i guess a lifelong pagan probably uh, you you as a pagan your mind and your spirit they go with the circle with the spiral in and spiral out i mean i think it's an accurate description don't you it's like when it's time to end the year your thoughts go to here Your focus is there when the years open back up
1: again. I think that's healthy, personally.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it's just, I mean, it's hard. And there are a lot of people that are facing anniversaries of deaths. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's a hard thing. And there are people that are dying all the time. Mm -hmm. A a Facebook friend, I mean, I I know her. I guess I've met her a couple of times at, at a conference, but... Her, her daddy is in the process of dying, and it's really a process. It's taken a while, and and so you just got to it, – it's a thing about being patient and and remembering it's not going to last forever and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff that it's it's just hard. It's hard, and right now things are just hard for people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody at the, at the grocery store the other day, I said, one of the people that works there, he said, you doing okay? I said, yes, I'm doing okay. But I'm getting back, getting ready to go back and look at the eggs. And that's going to scare me a little bit because I need eggs today. And he said, oh, and they've got they've gone up again. And he was just getting ready to, you know, launch into some kind of crap about blah, blah, blah and the recession and blah. And I said, well, you know, we lost millions and millions of laying hens this year because of uh, avian flu. And the hens had to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So we should just be aware that every egg we eat is really pretty darn precious, shouldn't we? Yeah. And he just looked you. at me like, I really wanted to get wound up about this. And now you're telling me just to appreciate eggs. And it was like, <laughs> I'm just telling you to appreciate eggs.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, like Trevor Noah, who is a, a now retired late night. <laughs> yes, uh, he host. is, boy. Mm-hmm. Well, He talked about that not too long ago about about how people have politicized literally everything. Everything has been politicized. So that's yep. kind of depressing too, if you ask me. Well, because people
1: are not able to think very subtly right now and to right. be and to be like, well, it's this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, all those things. It's like, nope, it's got to be this thing over here or that thing mm-hmm. over there and never
0: the twain shall meet. Yep. And that's just sloppy thinking. Yeah. Or, or it's also the worst one to me is where it's like, oh, so they've said this thing is going on. It might be a, a just an observation on your part or mine or whoever's. And they go, oh, well, then therefore this, this is the equation. They said this and therefore they're going to be, you know, on this side of politics. It's like, no, they weren't talking about politics at all. They were talking about movies they were going to or something like that everything yes yes that's ridiculous (laughs) hey i have started reading something that i've never read i was going to ask you your opinion on it sorry to change the subject like that but have, have you ever heard of or read pilgrim's progress i have yes and do you have an opinion that you would share about it
1: Well, I'll be honest with you, it's been several years since I last read it, but I remember reading it when I was pretty pretty young-ish, like high school maybe, Mm -hmm. and then reading it again about 20 years ago, and being a little more sensitive to the writing and the topic, I was pretty dismissive. The first time I read it, it was like, oh God, who cares about all this crap? But then... (laughs) When I read it later and read it in a way that was more, uh, I guess I'll use the word discerning, it really it made some sense to me. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Maybe I had more life experience. What that do you find in about it? Are you enjoy it?
0: enjoying? Enjoying maybe the wrong word. I'm so new in it that I don't I don't know what to think. I don't have a clue. But what you were saying kind of reminded me of what I went through with uh, Swiss Family Robinson. Mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite books of all time and when i was a kid i just i just adored the swiss family robinson and then i went back to it as an adult and it, it was a completely different book to me so <laughs> you know oh yeah yeah i still love well, the thought of getting lost on an island that where <laughs> everything you need is provided right there you know, including you know a full size piano and all the stuff they took off the the boat that was almost sunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well yeah.
1: yeah. uh, it's it's funny because um we had a book group for a little while and one of the things that I suggested we read was the Scarlet Letter. Mm. And, and people were like oh gross. But what we found out about the Scarlet Letter Is that it needed to be read aloud. Oh, and then we took turns reading
0: that book to each other and it was wonderful. That's really interesting. There are some some books like that, I'm sure. Well, you know, back in their day, uh, uh, day. uh, a major form of entertainment would be to go to the sitting room somewhere and books would be read aloud. There would be civilized conversation, you know, someone would read from a book, and that was entertainment. That's the same thing that for us would be sitting around watching The Tube or something.
1: Yeah, I I love to be read, read to, and almost nobody does that anymore, reads to
0: people, but I love it. Dolly does it. Dolly does it. Miss Dolly has a special on television coming up. With I think I want to say it's a New Year's Eve special with Miley Cyrus, who recently released her version of Jolene. Yes, she did. Have you heard it? Uh-uh. Have you? Hey, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I saw the two of them standing together and hugging each other and talking about this television show. At about, I don't know, it was about. 3 30 a.m. the other night I woke up for some reason and I kept hearing a noise and somehow the television was on in the other room which is interesting because I wasn't watching tv (laughs) so I don't know I think this place is somewhat occupied I really do sometimes I had a a scary thing happened the other day. I'd say scary because I thought I was in here alone. Mm-hmm. Very clearly, there was a woman's voice that I heard with my, my ears. I couldn't understand what it said. It was just a fraction of something. But it was right here with me in this empty place. There was, and oh. I was, it was a silent morning for me. I just woke up and I, just, I had, had a really good morning and I was feeling good. And I just did not want any kind of electronic sound. I didn't want any music. I didn't want a TV on. I just wanted a nice, quiet morning. And I was going to, you know, do my morning stuff and listen to the the sounds of the birds and the crows. And Mm -hmm. then instead I heard that and I was like, (laughs) I jumped. And when was the last time you heard me say that? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I thought I was alone and I was not. And then today when I came in, uh, there was a a smell of snuff. Huh. Yeah, I don't have a clue who that would be. The only person I ever knew that dipped snuff, well, I guess I knew a few of them on my dad's side, my grandmother. She dipped snuff. Yeah. It was, you know, so who knows? Who knows? There's a, have you ever heard of The quantum theory of immortality. I have. Yeah. It's uh, a, that's just an interesting concept. And when you think about time, not being linear. Yeah. But, uh, and I'll tell you the other thing I've been studying on, and I'd love to ask your opinion about it was, would be, what do you, do you think that it, wait a minute, I need to reframe it. Okay. So I think it's a safe thing to say that you have spoken to, let's say a hundred people about their personal experiences that of the supernatural. And I'm putting supernatural in air quotes. Right. When you say it's probably been a whole hell of a lot more. Oh yeah.
1: Many, many more, but say a
0: hundred. Yeah. It's safe to say a hundred. Well, those people have a certain, oh, geez, I, I did you know, I don't know if I really want to get all into the subject matter, but basically it has to do with, with time and the way death is experienced. And so with these people, I'm sure that at some point they've shared with you a, an experience or a, a dream or something that had a big effect on them, maybe a life and death experience or a dream that was so significant that it changed their life. Is that safe to say? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, do you think that these, have you know okay, I'm sure you've noticed a correlation at some point between uh, women, spe- especially who have the power dream. A power dream is where they lift up and somehow they are flying And then at some point, they usually are heading west. Okay. Well, that seems to almost be, if not universal, let's say fairly common experience. So do you think that it's a common experience because it's true? Or do you think it's a common experience because people have heard about it and that's where their expectations are and they make it their reality? Oh, my gosh. I, um, Sorry.
1: <laughs> I don't no. I know that I'm, I'm qualified to answer that, but I will, I will, as I often do, take it to folkloric and mythic
0: proportions. Well, you've had the experience. For, I think you're qualified. For,
1: and for many, many, many people of European extraction, uh-huh. and that's who I mostly hear that from. It was believed for uh, more time than I certainly can reckon in Northern and Western Europe that our souls went into the West when we died.
0: Yes.
1: And this was before the whole Christian concept of above and below. I mean, that's not Christian, but that you go to heaven or you go to hell, or I guess you have yeah. a purgatory if you're Catholic, you got a purgatory right. option. But before that, it was believed that our souls flew into the West. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I have to wonder, is that a collective memory of all of those ancestors who, when they died, their souls flew into the West? So is that a dream of post-death? When we have that dream now, is it about our ancestors and what they did when they flew into the West? I don't know. But boy, that sure did trigger my into the west
0: thing didn't it it did and it also for me personally triggers empowerment feelings it's like okay we're flying we're flying and i had that dream and i didn't ask for it and i wasn't thinking about anything like that the night before i went to bed that dream just showed up in my consciousness i woke up one morning and i had experienced that dream and that very dream that we just described and so, i have since then i've asked people about it and i've met a lot of females who have had that experience where they've had that dream specifically and that's why i wonder you know is this an ancestral memory is this a generational memory that somehow our physiology is able to cause our mind to remember generation after generation is it a different did somebody click the view master and reality switched over to a different screen but we're somehow <laughs> able to carry that with us i mean oh, i
1: love that the view I've master wondering
0: that. it feels like that it feels Even like more, when
1: yeah, more and more i am interested in thinking about pondering i don't know what the the idea of that ancestral memory—you know—they used to call it race memory. We got some race memory, but we understand that the concept of race is just an illusion that's used to oppress different people. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there is ancestral memory that that comes down to us on our on our in our genetic material, and whether so. we can access it or not—that's above my pay grade right now, but. It, it's really ent- excuse me, interesting to me yeah. to think yeah. that we may carry, and they may not be the kind of, okay, now I remember when my ancestor got up out of those warm furs and went over to make sure there were enough coals to get the fire going, so blah, blah, blah. It's not that specific stuff, but it's more, I don't know, more thematic. It feels more general and more, I guess, uh, mythic more legendary maybe i don't know
0: it does but
1: <gasps> we get in the weirdest discussions oh i know we it's were to talk about Santa
0: claus today <laughs>
1: no that's right um i just did oh, a, a podcast with my friends ac and isaac and beforehand we were like oh let's talk about the different uh, uh folklore things you do around yule and the winter solstice and About you know, in gardening, what you do, all this stuff, and we did not talk about that till like three quarters of the way through. And finally, she dragged us back from you know sheepdogs and apple growing, and and she said, "Now it's almost the winter solstice." I was like, "Oh yeah, we were going to talk about that, weren't we?" Okay, that's
0: hilarious. Well, we're not the only ones.
1: Do that. Yeah, we're not the only ones. That's why I tell them, "Oh, you wouldn't believe it with me and Alicia." Well, uh, will if if we bother to have a pre-show that isn't us just saying, "Oh my God, how are you? How are you feeling?" Blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> then then we talk about okay, now today would be a good day to talk about, and then we talk about how you make your dried beans. And it, yeah. that wasn't it at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But and I, I'm continually surprised that people want to hear it. it's like it's just of course i can get why they'd want to hear your recipe and stuff i can get that well I,
1: i don't know i i think the the reason this podcast works the way it does is because we both are just curious and nosy and we know a lot of people, and we've lived very rich, full lives. <laughs> and we just get talking. We go, "Oh, remember that time yeah. I was listening to the the podcast about the uh, the Christmas lights in West Asheville? I was like, Oh yeah, those Christmas lights. <laughs> oh, we should do a whole thing about French's Department Store in West Asheville in the Bledsoe Building. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh Lord, <laughs> I think if we just want- have those kinds of brains."
0: Uh, Yeah, well, squirrel, you know, it's, it's, I like to observe, I love to watch people in situations and how they would act and react and, and all of that. I like to observe as much as anything. And, and you too, because that's how you you make your mind up about things is you observe them over and over again. So, (laughs) yeah, I want to go see the same set of christmas lights i would love to walk into fortune's department store on haywood road i walked wow. in there so you know, I'm times.
1: not i've not been in there in years it so. doesn't i don't
0: think it exists anymore does it
1: well no it's not i mean the building is still fortunes but he used to have a lot of the old stuff in there
0: right i'd love to walk in there again as a kid like i used to and say uh-huh. hello future grandfather how are you because he worked there and I I had no idea, you know, I'm sure I've sure I've met him. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. My dad knew Mr. Fortune and we would park in the back in that little gravel lot back there and come in the side door.
0: Oh, okay. Not
1: in the big front door right on Haywood, but there's a side door that's on. What is that cross street? Is that Dunwell
0: probably the vip entrance
1: uh. yeah so we come we come in the side and <laughs> it was two kind of steep steps i remember and yeah. i and, and i went from the time i was little when it was hard to get up the steps where i had to like put my foot up and then kind of haul myself up the steps mm-hmm. and then of course you know after a few years I, I had my legs were long enough to do it but there <laughs> yeah. was just everything and it was dark and a
0: little mm-hmm. bit dusty I loved it. I love that. Yeah, me too. And B and B Pharmacy. I love that place. And
1: well, um, and I mean, it's changed somewhat at B and B, but it's the layout is basically the same. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And the the products are different. We can't walk in there, and you know, there's a whole row of methylate, and (laughs) macurochrome. You get now, you get antibiotic cream and and ointment, CBD, (laughs) CBD, yeah.
0: So yeah. I was kind of sad because I noticed that you know the all the all the stores and restaurants on Haywood Road now, as far as I can tell, they've all changed names now. I think every one of them. And so that was one. When I realized that, I was like, well, that's kind of sad, <laughs> you know. And uh, the the music store that had the sheet music that store finally is going either already has or is going out of business after all these years and then it'll all be gone all the stores that i knew as a child will be gone from there well and
1: that was the that little store was down in that gully wasn't it beside Mm -hmm. where Ingalls is
0: yeah Uh, yes there's like a a ice service store was there and then Uh uh-huh
1: and uh a uh, laundromat Washermatic, yeah.
0: Yep. yep. And then this, this place that had the sheet music. And then at some point the they all started changing. And now the ice service is some sort of Tony restaurant, you know. I think it's well, been several I, years. That,
1: they used at the very top of that little strip shopping center, there used to be a um, burgermeister. Yeah. And burger oh, boy, that was the best place to get a burger. And that's what? not that's not old timey, you know, that was 15 years ago or something. It was, it uh, was a good place to get a burger.
0: Was that the one that had the record albums hanging in the Yes, yeah. Yes. It was a good place to get a burger. Yeah. You're right. So, no, uh,
1: West Asheville is like everything else in this damn town is all gentrified now.
0: I know. Can't believe. I can't believe how gentrified it is. Uh, just, I mean, just look in the for rent section, even though that has finally started to calm down. Little it's bit. still nowhere near affordable for the average person.
1: Well, there was this big thing on social media, on Facebook the other day about a member, an older member of the pagan community. And he he thought he had housing in one place and then he got, and then that didn't work out. And so uh, a friend of his who, a mutual friend of ours uh, contacted me and said, well, he'd like to move to East Tennessee or Western North Carolina. And I said, well, Tell him we already have homeless people here. Yeah. And I know for a fact he can't afford to live in Western North Carolina. And I don't care how far back in the hills he goes. He can't afford it. And and my friend said, oh, now surely. And I said, no, don't be <laughs> sure to me. Because I'm telling you right now, we talk about Asheville, North Carolina. And people go, well, but there have to be some bad neighborhoods. No, sir, there are not. Every inch of this damn town has been gentrified. Every inch. Every inch, and you go to Asheville Housing Authority and try to get into public housing, and you are just out of luck
0: because there's
1: a waiting list longer than your arm. And I said, so you tell him to look at East Tennessee if he wants to,
0: but that ain't cheap. No, it's not. So, but and you're right though. You can't. I mean, you can't get into housing here, even back before all this madness happened, when it was just the previous madness. Uh-huh. You couldn't get in with less than a one year waiting list. I don't even want to think about what it'd be like now. I mean, I no, this is not a place. It's not a place for that. We're uh-huh. quickly losing pricing our own natives out of the market here. Pretty soon well, there won't be any. I think they're priced out
1: unless they bought early. I mean, we bought in 83 and then right. I inherited. And we couldn't, we couldn't buy here now. Well, I mean, maybe we could, but we probably wouldn't. Yeah,
0: I mean, at, yeah, I get that.
1: It's going to buy a damn Mill Village house for half a million dollars.
0: Somebody, anybody,
1: who's a, somebody who is a fool to themselves.
0: That's a steal around here, you know. I mean, I, I can't believe some of the things I see being sold. Uh, you know, these some of these tiny houses cost more than the house that i bought you know i mean i can't believe i saw an ad for a tiny home which i agree in principle with tiny homes if they are affordable otherwise why bother i mean unless there is an ecological reason behind it and sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't but these tiny homes I, I, in my mind, they shouldn't cost, you know, a hundred thousand. That's not what a tiny home should cost, in my mind. So, well, you know, why I need to change my expectations because that is and what
1: try, try, try buying a tiny home for a hundred thousand because you can't that's, do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because you can't, Cause you can't do it. They're more than that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And, I, and
0: I, you know, so I better get off that subject because it'll just take the ho, ho, ho right out of me. <laughs> Well, I was very
1: excited yesterday. You know, as always, I got a yes. list, a very long list, and I've got, you know, the list for the week and for the right. month and for the day and all that stuff. Right. Right. So I've got this huge list of stuff I need to be doing. And yesterday, last night, I, you know, I did what I did during the day, and we took some packages, and we went to the grocery store. And then last night, i made supper, we ate supper, I washed the dishes for supper, all the, you know, housewifey things. And then I just sat down at my computer and I said, I've just got some damn paperwork to do. And it's as simple as that. It's just, I got to do this thing. I got to do that thing. I got to sign this. I got to do this. And I just sat there for two solid hours. And I did my, uh, my Patreon, which I call Matreon. I finally checked in with those good people and said, I'm not dead. I'm just trying to catch up. <laughs> so I, I got so many things done. And I just I was like proud as a peacock. I wish you could see me when well, my butt stuck out, my chest stuck out, my nose <laughs> in the air. Like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to take a bunch of things off my to do list. And by God, I did. It was great. My.
0: Well, it that's awesome. happy. You know, you you always are pretty regular with getting the things off your list. I am, but
1: I still, I still have so much stuff that needs to get done that I've not done. Well, isn't that everybody? Well, I don't know. Is it?
0: I think so. I'm not swearing to it, but, you know, I can barely keep up with my own self. I uh, have been feeling well enough to tackle some projects, and so that's felt really good. Now, I have not hit the level of Byron Ballard productivity yet. But, you know, it's good to get something done, even if it's just a little thing every now and then. Well, you know, I was I was sick
1: for a good 10 days, but I wasn't sick enough to go to bed. It was just sick enough to slow me down. I've still got a cough. So whatever that virus was, it hit me. It um uh, it gave me some congestion. It gave me a cough.
0: It changed your, had... schedule. You cut huh? your schedule. You cut your schedule back because of it, too.
1: Um, well, did I? I I just I just didn't get as much done per day as I probably would have because I was moving slow. Uh, Um, I had I had had took the sermon down, you know, the sermonators got a cold. I took the sermon down in Hickory, but they were very kind and let me do that. um, Online, we did it as a zoom, so I didn't have to travel. But I mean, that slowed me down, but I've been sleeping really good. How about you? Um,
0: I'm sleeping okay, not great, but not awful, you know. But I'm sleeping without pain, and that is good. From you know, um, and yeah, I'm seem to be okay. That, that's all I can ask for at my age, anyway. <laughs> your age and your <laughs> yes. disposition. As well, yeah, the disposition exactly. <laughs> Well, girl, let's just get to it. How are you feeling? I'm feeling so much better than I was in the last few weeks. And um, thank you for asking. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to make sure and just thank everybody for all of the energy and the work and the kind words. And the and the focus and all of that it was just uh it was astounding to me <laughs> and much much appreciated much appreciated and uh, so somebody had asked me if I had any stories uh, from being under anesthesia uh, and stuff and I I actually do have a couple of stories but they're not on me so see I can tell them. <laughs> And it's my mom. Well, just tell on her if that's okay. Oh, my gosh. You had mentioned something about I've got to tell you about what my mom did. So <laughs> please tell us. What did your mom do? Well, she was magnificent. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm comfortable explaining that I have a real problem with anesthesia and with being intubated in any way. And we found this out kind of the hard way and so if you try to intubate me my throat will collapse and that ain't good <laughs> um so when i was going in if what it does is it turns a fairly normal procedure into a big hairy deal at that point okay because every time i would go, would go under anesthesia I have to be super aware of what the deal is and the people who are giving me anesthesia do too. So I was going to get this procedure in sometime in February and they had an opening and called me and said, will you come and get it uh, day after tomorrow? And I said, sure, let's just get it over with. And at that point I got on the phone with the anesthesiologist uh, uh, and, and called them and told them what was going on with this condition and I emailed them a copy of this letter that I've gotten from the anesthesia office that says if you are ever uh, have to have surgery again make sure and hand a copy of this letter to the anesthesiologist and so I emailed them that and then the next day they call me from the admitting office and that's where they call you up and they ask you, what medicines do you take and, and what's your insurance and, you know, here are your instructions and blah, de, blah, de, blah, right? So I'll talk with them about it and they understand it. But just to be on the safe side, I went ahead and emailed them a copy of it just in case, right? So many things happened leading up to me going into this procedure a day and a half later including two earthquakes and my home was right in the middle of both of them
1: ah, that's
0: right it was literally right in the middle of both of them about two miles away from either one of them and <laughs> so that happened I saw all these other like animal totem kind of things on the on the drive there and the weather happened in the full moon and at the last minute the the ride just disappeared because they got sick at the last minute. And, you know, so I ended up making mom, my partner in crime. And uh, I went and picked her, picked her up and drove myself there. Um, But I didn't drive myself back. I had someone come and I left my car in the parking lot there. So I wasn't that, that stupid, but I did drive myself there. And I made mom, my partner in crime, which turned it into a whole, a whole different level of intense, you know, stress for me, right? And then, so I make sure and I take a copy of the letter and I take the uh, operating room clinical notes and stuff from when I had the situation in there to to the operating, to the place where they admit you. And then I went back into the room that they uh, give you the IV in. And, you know, nurse came in, told her. And then the anesthesiologist came in and he had no clue. Not any clue at all. that The I anesthesiologist was, didn't? Nope. He did not have a clue. And he was completely surprised when something was said to him about it. After doing all of that, okay? And um, he, he ended up bringing his supervisor in there and... So my mother just sprang into action. It was like it was like she had never retired is what it was. And so I can't remember the exact sentence that she said to them when this was first coming about. But she said one sentence to them, and it had the effect of both letting them know that she knew exactly what the hell was going on. And number two, putting them on notice that they better not screw this up. <laughs> and you know they quit talking to me pretty much instantly after that. They just asked her questions. And her mind is like a steel damn trap. <laughs> it was, she remembered things that I didn't remember. And and it was like, well, everybody should live under the lucky star that I live under because they took her they took her seriously. They had a consultation after that before they even took me in there for anesthesia. And when I came out of it, it was, you know, I had an easy recovery. I had a really sore throat for two days and three days afterwards, um, the pain that I had gone into that surgery to have diagnosed uh, disappeared. Which is another story for another day, but wow. it was a, it was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, but mom, your mama, just, your mama, <laughs> it and was amazing. Come. Yeah, and you know they didn't realize that she couldn't see them because she won't carry a cane, and uh, and she she'll look right at you, and you think she's looking right at you, you know. And, and um, they they were very respectful to her. But it was it was just kind of funny to watch it happen in a way because she went from being a meek and mild little old mom coming in to sit with her daughter to, hey, I'm running this operating room now, (laughs) you know, and y'all are on notice. (laughs) Wow. And then afterwards, it was almost like it was it was interesting, but she actually told a couple of stories which is some operating room stories that were kind of funny. One of them was about a person and everybody involved in this story is dead, dead for at least 10 years. Okay. So <laughs> except for, except for my mother and uh, sorry, sorry. Oh, that's fine. My phone Still. just went off. That's all. <laughs> well, you know that. how that goes. I do. It has an interesting ring. <clears throat> uh, anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. So, she tells mom was like the unofficial ambassador. If you came from Robbinsville and you were at her place, she would stop by at some point during the day and check on you and make sure that you were fine. Okay. See if you need anything, but yeah. So, so mom was there as kind of the unofficial ambassador and there was a fella that my father worked with and he was a very uh, uh, quiet man and he was very conservative in his in his speech and mannerisms. And I think he worked in accounting. And he always, he always come to work and he would be long sleeves buttoned all the way down and long pants and, you know, crease in the trousers kind of thing. And he had come in for some procedure or another. And back then you, they didn't just kick you out after your surgery, you might stay and they'd keep an eye on you until it was safe to send you home. And imagine that. Yeah, I know back in the good old days, But uh, So that had happened, and my father had asked mom to go and check on him and just see if there was anything he needed, so she did. But before she got there, there was a story going around the hospital, and she had heard it about this man who was covered head-to-toe in tattoos, and then when she got there to check on the man, it was him. (laughs) So he um, the reason that he always wore his collars buttoned up and his sleeves down and stuff is because he was head-to-toe. Um, tattooed, and they never told my mom and dad never told a soul this because that would have turned into like office gossip. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was cool that they never told a soul. But when my mom told the story, it was like he had tattoos from head to toe. I mean, she was just, <laughs> Oh my gosh, wow! And he was an accountant. Really, I didn't know that they could count. You know, come on. But anyway, and she told another one that was somewhat. Let's see, how did this one go? Oh, it was about about the fellow who came in after having a motorcycle accident, and he was in in a surgery surgical ward, getting cleaned up by the nursing staff so that he could go into surgery, and the nurse was trying to clean up his genital area and she just couldn't get some oil. She thought it was some dark oil off of his penis. Mm -hmm. And she just couldn't. And finally she called the surgeon came in and he took a look at it. And somehow they ended up stretching it out and they figured out that when it was too messy, it it said, love lifted me. This is really okay. All right, then. <laughs> which, oh, my God. Which actually brings me back around to the real subject I wanted to say about that is I wanted to ask, and I may be opening a Pandora's box, but part of the reason that I didn't have a problem in in telling y'all about my procedure and everything was because, you know, I've got this chronic condition. And if if it could kill me, if I was ever unconscious, and the people around me didn't realize what was happening in my throat, okay. Right?
1: So mm-hmm. it's something
0: that that I put was thinking about, and I've thought about this off and on, and I'm just wanting opinions, basically. Uh, medical tattoo, and. The thought of a medical tattoo when what I wanted would be like, you know, Tweety Bird or Unicorn or whatever the hell. Instead, I don't know how I would feel about having a medical tattoo for a lot of reasons. But if I was ever around or ever unconscious, if my mother wasn't there, who would save me? You see? Yeah. I, I think it's a really good point. I've I've seen I've seen several, but not a lot of medical tattoos when I go and do a search on the internet. Uh-huh. And so I've seen, and 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 again I'm lucky because I know somebody who uh, has run an EMT company for decades now. So I was able to ask him, "Well, do your EMTs are they trained to check for medical tattoos?" And he said, "No." <laughs> he said. Not really, is what he said. He said it, it might be mentioned, but it's not emphasized. Um, and he said if, you, if a person were to have a medical tattoo and that tattoo uh, was very ornate, if it, if it was fancy, that there'd be every chance in the world that the EMTs would not notice it. He said that they are trained to look for a medical bracelet. So. Well,
1: then that might be the answer, mightn't it, is that a medical tattoo seems logical, but if they're trained to look for a bracelet, then that is a
0: probably a better option. Well, yes, maybe. I mean, here's my deal with it. I, I've had medical accounts since I was a kid, and I, I will wear the bracelet for a while, and then something will happen, and it'll either break... Or I'll take it off or something every single time. So, you know, knowing how luck is. Um, so I think that there could be an answer somewhere in between there. Maybe a, a tattoo that looks like a medical bracelet, you see. that As opposed to one that has this beautiful rod of Asclepius and the rod of Caduceus or whatever. Uh, beside mm-hmm. that, and you know, 14 crows around that, uh, you know, instead of something that was very ornate, just something that looked like the medical bracelet and then flip the wrist over and maybe now I've seen tattoos where they have their medical account number. I've also seen tattoos where they if you flip their arms over, it has a list of, of conditions. So, it's like, I don't know if I have enough arm for that. (laughs) Yeah. But, so, okay. So, just to throw one other thing out there, my buddy who worked in the RFID industry, he was telling me that I should go get a bunch of temporary tattoos with RFID chips built in. And the RFID chip, when it was scanned, would take them directly to whatever information they needed to save my life. Right. What if they didn't scan it? That's what I was thinking. If they don't know to look for a tattoo, they're not going to know, you know, about an RFID. So, I mean, some of them might, and and you know, but not all of them necessarily. So that's where I'm at. What should I do, folks? Does anybody have any inside knowledge or opinion based on something factual? (laughs) You know, don't tell me I don't have to know. You're going to crowdsource it. I'm going to. Well, yeah, I'm interested to know, and I also want to tell y'all that you do not have to be, you know, scared to live your life. if, If 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 you have a chronic condition, you can do something like this and save your own life, potentially. So use use your own brain and save your own life if you can. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So that's that's kind of done with the sermon, but but uh, yeah, I'm just curious. What would you do? Well, I think if it was something
1: that important, I might have a tattoo. I might also wear a bracelet. I also might wear a necklace.
0: That's interesting.
1: I mean, I I wouldn't... Oh, you know me. I'm not... I I don't have trust issues because I don't trust anybody or anything, but... (laughs) Because I, because I don't trust anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm a belt and suspenders kind of person. I would do it all.
0: Yeah. That's an interest. That's interesting. Okay. I so might get a
1: tattoo. Um, I might get a, a and I would maybe talk to somebody who was an EMT and say, what's the place they're always going to look?
0: The left are wrist. They, yeah, are him. they
1: going to look at my wrist? Are they always going to put a cuff on my arm? Are they always, where's the place, no matter what just happened to you, that they always go to?
0: It's always I, the left wrist.
1: And so maybe put it there, though. I don't have a lot of room on my left wrist because I've got a tattoo that goes all the way down to like two inches above my hand.
0: Is it around the hole? It's not around your hole. No, it could be
1: on the the back of my wrist. I mean, you yeah. know, like on the, the yeah. upside of my wrist. I don't know how you talk about that yeah so yeah. yeah, so I think I'm, I'd put it on the wrist or put uh, if it had to be a lot of information, I'd write check the area that I put all the and have it tattooed somewhere else.
0: That's yeah, that's interesting thought too. because if you funny? didn't,
1: yeah, if you didn't want to have all that, you know, like if it was a lot of stuff, mm. you might say medical info on right cheek. And have it all tattooed on your ass where nobody would ever see it.
0: Butt cheek. Right butt cheek.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. My right
0: butt cheek. Which is the same thing that they can kiss sometimes. But anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Always. On the <laughs> left butt cheek is where it, you can kiss here. Yes. Yeah. With an arrow.
1: Kiss here. <laughs> yes. <that's laughs> but I know that's a really, really good question. And I know that our weirdlings and our regular listeners, they're going to have some
0: good ideas for you. I have a good feeling about. It. They're very smart and resourceful. Yes, they and, are, uh, and they've been through a lot. Yeah, and you know, they actually they do care uh, about this stuff, and especially if it affects somebody and that they know. That's what I found out about the weirdlings is they are really weird. They're totally weird. They can handle the weirdness, uh, but they also have big hearts. So they have really
1: big it. hearts, and they and they have a lot of personal experience with a lot of different things
0: that's true that
1: and true. and you got them all activated because you had your procedure and they were all like okay give us the details
0: That <laughs> was well, there was oh. there there's always stories about stuff you know I love to listen to think about the stories and stuff and I think about all the just the excuse me the cluster f- that was the morning getting ready for it Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was just thing after thing after thing after thing. It was like, oh, my gosh, is this really supposed to actually happen? But somehow I it was I really believe I felt the work that was being done on my behalf and the focus and energy. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to get this over with. We're just going to do it. And so I'm so glad that's the way it worked out. I really am. yeah. And I, yeah. I just wish I just wish everything in life was successful like that. But anyway,
1: well, I, I just I just scheduled mine. I mean, I, I signed up to begin the scheduling process for it. And it reminded me of the one and only time I've ever had a, a colonoscopy. I woke up in the middle of it what? and I was wa- I was watching the video with the nurse and the doctor. The ten, you remember that. And I was looking at it and I said, Well, it's like being on a roller coaster, isn't it? And the doctor <laughs> had this look on his face, like, and he said, She is awake. And they, and then they did whatever they did. And then I went back to sleep. Oh, goodness. But yeah, it was really weird. I woke up and I was fascinated. It was like, Wow. That's, that's cool. amazing. Did you have any feeling in your body? No. No. It was like, I was like a drunk. Uh-huh. You know, I was awake <laughs> and I was like, Wow, that. Cause it was just so cool, I was like, wow, that is inside my body, and I'm sure I had like an inner monologue for a few minutes before I actually
0: said something. Yeah, I, yes. I the only thing that I said that I remember partially was I mentioned something about the lemon berry ass blast that they had me drinking, and that's what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a little embarrassed about that now, but. <laughs> oh god but that that was you know other than that it was fairly uneventful thing and that's the other thing i want to say to folks is every place now just about i'd be really surprised if you go anywhere and have any medical tests or lab work or any of that done where you do not have uh, almost instant access to your records so if you yeah. want to see the results of your labs yourself, you can probably do that. Call the place, give them your email address, and set yourself up an account, and check check your own health. <laughs> yep, yeah. So it's uh, you do have a lot of things in your hands, and no doctor's office is perfect. They can't be. They have too much on them. They can't possibly remember specifics about you, even though they're really nice. <laughs> unless you're in a a place where you've been around a doctor for decades, the same yeah. one, then you might be, that makes you very lucky. Okay. But if, there's not much of that that goes around anymore. So anyway, that's about it. I'm going to probably put on some South Park Christmas music, maybe. Oh. I love South Park Christmas music. It's so, it's so degenerate. It's awful. It really is. And I shouldn't like it. I know. And but oh, no, that's hilarious. It is so funny. It is, and I love soul Christmas music. If you just break it down into like musical types, uh-huh. I, when i during the daytime, I love to hear Christmas soul music. Uh, and I it seems like I, lo- I love to work and sing to it and just kind of groove to it. And then you know, who knows through the rest of the day what it'll be. I listen to Soma FM which is a conglomeration of free digital radio stations. And you can choose to support them if you like, but you can choose to listen to them pretty much any time. And so they've got some things like Christmas in Frisco, which is somewhat adult. And they've got the soulful Christmas things and country Christmas, you name it. And that's there. They have department store Christmas, which is one of my favorites. (laughs) How
1: funny. Well, I was um, grocery store, I was at the grocery store yesterday morning and it was the kind of classic Christmas carols we're playing. And, you know, I was in that singing group for a while that did the Christmas at the winery at Biltmore. Was it a woman's song? No, uh, we were called the Green uh, the Boar's Head Singers
0: oh, and we sang yeah.
1: carols in... Uh, 1895 costumes yeah. and we had to just sing carols that were from before 1895 and and I'm an alto so I know that I alto-lined all that stuff but I haven't sung that in years and years so it was nice to hear like God rest you may gentlemen and I knew the alto and Silent Night and I know the altos that was fun so I walked through the grocery store singing
0: Oh, that's so fun that's cool I love to do that stuff oh, me uh, too selby and i finally got together we put together a little song to just a little acoustic song called hitch a ride and we've done it before with the band and we just kind of it i don't know we just i i haven't had a real practice or anything in a long long time and we've got some shows coming up in march so we're just kind of getting our vocals reacquainted with each other and all of that if you want to hear it, I'll stick it up there somewhere for you. Oh, yeah, please do. I uh, will. You know, if he if he doesn't mind, I'll stick it up there and everybody can hear it if they want to. But just know that it's not finished. It was just us goofing off and it was like midnight at the time. So my voice was scratchy and I was ready to go home. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I think I'm going to go and do a little bit of housework. What are you having for supper tonight?
1: Boy, that is a really good question because, you know, I've been making that applesauce, which is just now done. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm thinking about making the prune cake. So I haven't thought about supper yet. We've got a few leftovers, There's a little bit of fish in there and some mm-hmm. maybe some uh, pork and carrots or something. I make it just give Joe some leftovers. And I've been eating grilled cheese sandwiches. Isn't that yeah, funny.
0: That sounds good. Is what that's that what sounds.
1: I had for lunch. I might even have another grilled cheese sandwich because I got, I got some of that bread that doesn't have any carbs.
0: It oh.
1: ends up, it ends up being like a carb, a slice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's made out of sawdust, and it all just runs right through
0: you. As my so, friend says, it's just a delivery method. It's just
1: the delivery system for the melted cheese. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If I could just eat the melted cheese out of a spoon, I would do that too. So I don't know what I'm going to have tonight. I got to yeah. figure out something, though, because it's getting late.
0: It is getting late. I'll let you go. Thank you for hanging all out.
1: All right. And it yeah. was so good to be with you and to talk to you and catch up with you a little bit. And y'all, we didn't talk
0: about uh, winter solstice or Christmas or Yule oh, hardly at all. I We'll do that next week. Let's do. Let's plan on it. No, wait. Let's not plan on it. Because then maybe no, cause not... if, we, if we plan on it, we won't do it. Right. Exactly. Let's just
1: be inspired to do it somehow.
0: All right. And I hear right, that y'all. we have. A, uh, I hear that we have something coming up in the Weirdling group test or something. Some some something. I don't know.
1: Something. You know, something that the Weirdlings are getting into.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're always in something. So, behave or have behavior. Oh, well, have not good. Nope,
1: <laughs> not any kind, good or bad. Nary,
0: uh, nary uh, behavior. All right. We'll be I'll good see you later. You too. See ya. Bye, Bye. Bye y'all. Okay. That was good. good. Yep. Yep. Thank you. You're still recording. I know. I'll okay.